Welcome to the Fissionaries Podcast, sponsored by Alchemy. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. The Fissionaries Podcast shines a light on financial institutions at the cutting edge of digital transformation, providing with the tips and tricks to elevate your digital game. You know, financial institutions of all sizes must be able to deploy advanced technology and digital functionality at speed and scale. This is especially a challenge for smaller organizations as they try to keep up. What does it take? It takes a strong culture and good leadership. Premier Bank, headquartered in Youngstown, Ohio, has $8.5 billion in assets and operates 74 branches and 12 loan offices in five Midwestern states, with wealth professionals dedicated to each community banking branch. My guests on the Fissionaries podcast are Varun Chadhook, EVP and CIO, and Kathy Bushway, Chief Marketing Officer of Premier Bank. They discuss how Premier Bank brings the best in digital banking to both current and prospective clients alike by leveraging partners and a very strong digitally-based culture along the entire banking ecosystem. So welcome to the show, Kathy and Varun. You know, this is an interview I've actually been looking forward to, not just because Premier Bank is moving forward progressively in the markets you serve, but because I have known several of the officers of the company in the past in a previous life. So can you both share a little bit about your career backgrounds and how your various roles in the past have prepared you for the journey you're on today? Uh, Kathy, let's start with you. Good morning, and thanks for having us here today. Really, I feel like it's a continual journey. I've been in marketing and product management my entire career at a few different banks. And all the way back to when we tried to monetize ATMs in the 90s to um, this journey that we're on today with online banking and mobile and continuing to make that a preferred method based on what customers are looking for. How about you, Varun? Yeah. Uh, Hi, Jim. Thanks for having us. I've been kind of in banking and technology for the last 25 years, and uh, I've kind of spent most of my career in large banks. But I was really intrigued to figure out, you know, how I take all the knowledge that I've garnered and kind of take it to a mid-sized bank and kind of really try to make an impact within their communities and also being able to kind of leverage the agility those small organizations uh, like smaller or mid-sized banks have and, and kind of really drive customer experience to the next level. A digital kind of a person at heart, and uh, that's what brought me to Premier about two years ago. So you, you've both been with the bank for about two years. From both your perspectives, how have you seen the banking industry change, but probably more specifically, what were both of you wanting to achieve at Premier when you joined them? And how has Premier changed over the, even just the last two years? Kathy, let's start with you again. Okay. Well, I actually joined um, the former Home Savings, which became Premier about six and a half years ago. We merged and then changed the name of both banks. So that's been a big part of our journey. When I joined the old Home Savings, it was about a $2 billion bank. So probably four times the size that we were when I joined. Um, So it's been a great progression. And I I love where we are today because now we're really focused um, solely on the customer experience, employee experience, and um, this digital journey that we're on today is um, going to just make the customer experience better than it's ever been at Premier. So. And, and Varun, you, know, you mentioned you started with the bank two years ago. I'm sorry, Kathy, I forgot about the fact that you were with the previous uh, organization. But Varun, 
what has changed at Premier, but but probably more importantly, you know, what brought you to Premier and what did you hope to change when you got there? Yeah, I, like I said earlier, I think what brought me to Premier was to be able to kind of make an impact using the agility of a little more bit of a smaller integrated organization that has that's highly, highly focused on the community and the customers. But I think what I kind of was really hoping to bring, which I've been able to make a huge impact over the last two years, is around what I'd say, as Kathy said, the customer experience and the employee experience, right? And both of those, there's an integration of automation, digital, that kind of comes into play. You know, we've kind of really evolved our thinking from being parity driven to kind of basically partner to drive the best digital experience we can and actually at best UX across all channels for our customers. But I also want to kind of mention it's also the story is also about the employees and digitizing the way they work and enabling them to be uh, you know, to be able to have a really good experience while they're working at work. So it's a dual prong kind of strategy. And it's been, you know, kind of trying to get Premier and the organization to see that nice and, and clearly and the value of that. And I, I feel really good about that. We we are there and our belief system is now driving us to kind of really focus on, on both sides. I would agree with you, Varun, that, you know, a big draw for our bank is, you know, that we want to grow and change. And I came here for the same reasons um, that Varun did even six years ago when I talked to the old home savings app Premier. Um, really what I was looking for is someone who wanted to grow and change, not, not a company that was, you know, set in their ways and we don't want to change anything, just come here and, and work. And really, I tell everybody that, you know, is looking to join our organization, this is a great place to be if you want to help build something something good and, and something great for our employees and our customers. So, Kathy, then sticking with you then, on your website, you, you state that the mission is empowering your employees to deliver smart solutions that bring lasting value. I don't see many missions to start with a focus on the employees as it delivers to the customers. How do you accomplish this? How do you empower employees across the organization to really deliver the solution, but also feel that they're part of the digital process? Because a lot of times when you're digitizing a financial institution, employees that are certainly the customer experience employees sometimes feel threatened that they may lose their jobs. How do you make it so they don't feel that way? So that was a big question, right? So for the first part of that, really a big part of the way that we go to market we're very market driven. Um, our market presidents are very empowered. Our employees have the strong relationships in their communities. They have the support of the entire organization to um, help the employee. We, we, of course, have training and all those things that everyone has. But what we feel like really from that standpoint um, that we do so much better than so many others is we really care about our employees, our communities, we're very close to them, get to know them and make our decisions based on those. And our employees have that local leadership to go to, to get the answers that they want. As we bring it forward to the digital world, and, and probably Varun could give a better description of this, but for me, part of that is the way that we're looking at it. As we're upgrading our tools, we're upgrading our communication streams so we can help the customer visually as they're um, working through it as we're upgrading our platform this year 
they'll be able to look at the customer screen, help them that way. And so really joining both of those and allowing our employees to feel like they're really helping the customer at every step of the way. I think in the industry, there's a misnomer around digitization is a people replacement, especially in, in community banks. I think I think the key is, is a highly integrated set of capabilities. And, and the way the culture works here, which is kind of unique, I think, is that the people in the retail bank, for example, are the ones that have been pushing for a better digital capability. And, and so what we're working on is that they're fully integrated into the customer experience and kind of, I would say, own it. Like, so if you come into the branch, for example, they're going to be able to help the customers become more digitally savvy, interact with us. But again, the mantra is that, you know, we meet the customer where they want us to meet us, right? So so having the both our branch folks and our uh, care center folks be those digital ambassadors, but at least understand that everybody consumes it differently. So they are going to help us enable our customers to effectively, you know, bank with us and teach them in, along the journey. And they're extremely excited. So it's it's interesting here. It's not a replacement kind of a view. It's more of a, a it's an augmentation to the entire stack of for, to drive the experience. You know, from sticking with you, it's interesting because, you know, when we look at digital transformation, we, we sometimes think about the technology side and the digital banking side. But the reality is to accomplish this, you really need to look at process improvements internal to your organization. How do you change the way we've done things internally that allows the digitalization of the technology to work the best? How do you do that currently? How, how do you evaluate the processes that are built internally? And on another aspect of that, how do you evaluate your third-party partners to be, get this accomplished? Yeah, again, and a big question. So I'll kind of kind of dissect that. I think uh, you're right on with the respect to like you can't just have a really nice, effective digital financial interaction channel. Right. First, you have to think about digital as a, as a complete customer lifecycle view from, you know, when they are shopping with us to all the way to, you know, uh, doing financial transactions or any other financial changes in their lives. And we're there to help them. But we're there to help them through all channels. And part of that journey includes non-digitized processes in the bank. The, you know, usually what happens behind the scenes. And I think that's been a key part of our uh, digital strategy is to look at both the consumer facing and the internal processes that drive that experience. So I'll give you a few examples. We're taking a key set of processes that as part of our digital transformation were highly manual or paper-based. So we're digitizing them in the front end to enable customers to be able to interact digitally. But we're also automating and digitizing the back ends and process optimizing, in certain cases, certain guys digitizing so the, that affects the customer experience holistically, right? It's not, as we all in the industry call it, it's not sneaker netting in the back or swivel chairing in the back. It is actually integrated. Now, that's a long journey for any bank that's growing up. So I don't want to profess that, you know, we're going to get there in a snap of a finger. But there's a huge focus on it from both from a perspective of customer experience, but we're also growing, as Kathy said, we aspire to grow. So... You know, part of our scalability journey also is to be able to integrate processes and make them more streamlined. So that's part of our entire journey. And in partnering with third-party providers, because as a midterm financial institution, you really leverage, I know, third-party providers to be able to accomplish this. How do you evaluate that? What do you look for in a third-party partner? 
a few things that I look at it is from a perspective of being a technologist, right? The their architecture and how modern it is. And are they are they able to nimbly move forward and 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 create value and accelerate innovation? But I think you know equally important is the culture they bring to the table. So as we picked our digital partner, I think the journey is going to be technically more complex. But from a from a culture perspective, we felt so good that that they would invest in our future and they'd be our partner for the. So I actually, I, I, as I talk to other industry folks like myself, right, I don't profess the you know blind RFP looking at capabilities and pricing only. You have to really look at making sure the culture fits. And you're right on, Jim. It's at our size, partnering is such a key thing for our success and our future that because we can't build everything ourselves. But that culture needs to transcend, and they have to have similar beliefs of what's important uh, as well. One, one more question on that same thing on, on the partnering, because sometimes I, I know in our industry, we, this is, goes back to when I was actually a banker, but in our industry, sometimes we'll select partners that say they can bring X to the table and they have the capabilities, but sometimes we get in their way to accomplish what they think they can do. How do you work with your internal teams to have them look at the process they're used to, having done their entire career, and change them to match what your third-party solution provider can bring to the table? I I sometimes bring up the example of, let's say, new account opening, that a, a, a provider will say, we can deliver this in three to five minutes, and then we get in our own way as we try to implement it because we go, well, we'd like to do that, but we don't want to change X, Y, or Z. How do you build the cooperation between the two organizations so you actually get the benefits that have been offered? Yeah, I mean that that is a, again a deep cultural kind of thing, right? I think I think we're all as humans are trained to look at outsiders as and and watch them and not trust them as much, right? And I think that happens. The same thing happens. You partner with somebody like, are you going to be able to execute? Are you telling me the right thing? And I'm going to look at everything you're telling me, and then and and that actually creates drag because in certain cases the partner knows so much more. I think again it goes back to culture and, and us as leaders, like Kathy and I, like are meeting with the teams and enabling them and ensuring that we lead with the partnership, we lead with the trust, and and kind of have our people, you know, start to come along. And I think I think it's a journey again across the stack, not just digital, across the technology partners. I see that all the time, and it's like, well, we know better, but well, we not really because they have talked to you know hundred different banks, they've thought about it differently, so. Allowing your people to kind of, you know, kind of first see that you're you're trusting, and I think, and then and building that relationship effectively that helps. But it is a friction point, as usual, I'm sure in every bank. But you know, both Kathy and I are working hard to make sure that we kind of give them the seat at the table, like they're part of our organization, not an outsider. So let's take a short break here and recognize the sponsor of this podcast, Alchemy Technologies. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Welcome back to the Fissionaries Podcast, sponsored by Alchemy Technology. So, Kathy, I'm going to do a little shift here because you're in charge of marketing. 
And I was thinking about this yesterday, that as the head of a marketing for a financial institution that is continually trying to change on behalf of the consumer to make their experiences better, two major questions came to my mind. Number one, how do you keep track of what's expected from your consumers without getting blinded by what you want to hear as opposed to what the consumer may be looking for? And secondly, because I I believe in these big, complex questions, is how do you then communicate what differentiates Premier as you make these improvements to your back office, things that may be invisible, but are significantly different than your competition may be providing? So let's start with the question around how do you keep track of what's going on in the marketplace and what's going on with your end customers? You know, we use a lot of feedback directly from our customers, but also from our um, frontline staff, um, we have a lot of internal conversations about that. And to Varun's point, you know, that's the beauty of having a good partner on the outside. We learn from the experience of other banks and how they've gone through this journey. We've talked to the other banks and said, you know, what was the customer reaction to these things? What was your um, experience with that? So Bringing all those things together, we hope that that gives us the best view. I try really hard not to believe that we always have the answers. It's really listening to the customers ongoing as their needs shift. Um, when they're unhappy, you you know for sure, right? Um, but when they're just kind of halfway satisfied is when you're trying to find out, you know, really, are we giving them what they really want or they just aren't unhappy enough to complain about it? So. That's why we're always looking for what's available to us to help make that experience better for our employees and our customers. And the second part of the question was, how do you actually communicate to your customers that Premier is different than your your competition? Because you have a lot of big competitors in your markets and uh, across the five states that you serve, and not all of them are the same, but how do you communicate what's different, what you've improved? As a community bank, um, we're never going to beat them on the technology side. We're really excited about the fact that we're going to be able to meet them in a lot better ways than we were able to in the past with this partnership. But from a communication standpoint, really just looking for those main points that are really truly important to the customer. You know, there may be a lot of things we do that will help the customer, but aren't those main um, sticking points for them that we really are gravitated to. So we'll be working to identify those, making sure that we're talking about those with our team, making sure that they're clearly able to communicate that and help the customers migrate to those. And the same thing with our marketing. From the standpoint of differentiating ourselves, really, we're not looking for our digital to differentiate us from a Chase or a Huntington, any of the large, large banks, but we need to compete with them because they are in our markets and we do compete with them. Where we really compete with all of the larger banks from my standpoint is that personal touch, having people in the market that are very engaged, that really care about the community, very community focused and as far as volunteerism, getting to know their customers, um, spending that time to really, and having the support of the company to really support that model. Varun, you know, it was interesting. At the beginning of our podcast, you talked about the democratization of, and the sharing of, of the technology 
capabilities across the organization. A lot of organizations have a difficulty in democratizing data insights and as well as the technology advances. How do you do that at Premier? We're working on the technology side and kind of looking at, you know, what all folks need and, and enabling them. But the data question is a bigger one. Uh, that journey is is starting right now, actually, with respect to, you know, kind of evolving our thinking from reporting to kind of daily analytics and and enabling folks to be able to have access, uh, as you were use the word democratization of data, and having access to it effectively. You know, our, our kind of focus right now has really been around the customer engagement and kind of really inspecting kind of what we're doing and how we're doing and, and managing our risk factors, but really kind of unearthing uh, or, or uh, unlocking the, the power of data is something that we're just starting to focus on. And the, I mean, that's a, that's there's a whole technology side of things that we have to focus on, but also kind of enablement, right? Usually in, in an organization our size, it's kind of like, hey, I, I go to Kathy or Varun and I get my report versus teaching them and creating this, like what I call, you know, high quotient for data and for analytics to understand not only the customer journey, but also how the organization runs. So there's an evolution of kind of just, and I think there's a talent side to that too, of teaching, coaching, and then enabling, right? So we're just starting that journey. What is the biggest challenge that you face today? Not challenge as in people aren't doing what you're asking them to do, but what's the biggest challenge you're trying to address in Premier at this point? I think the way I would answer that is is kind of having the organization pivot to a, a mid-sized bank thinking, right? So I think it's, again, I don't want to make everything cultural and about the people, but it is, right? It is. Because technology is easier to deploy compared to kind of evolving the thinking of how we all believe or how we all win, right? Thinking about customer experience across the value chain. You, you talked about the back office, right? So, so I, I take care of technology and operations. And culturally, it's been kind of everything we do in, in operations in the back office has to be informed by the front end for the customer. This is not about a self-optimization exercise in any case, right? But culturally, back to the thinking of a larger bank, which requires you to you know, organize differently. You, you need to think about the right set of talent and, and the belief of how you kind of process things. How much do you digitize? How much do you kind of integrate? Like th- those are the things that I think, I wouldn't call it a challenge because it's not like we're suffering from it, but I think we're acutely focused on it. You know, it's interesting, Varun, because you you said uh, in your answer, you said, you know, I hate to keep on coming back to culture, but the reality is that's what it is. You know, we have found in these interviews that those organizations that are doing the best have leadership that don't mind change. They're they're yeah, there may be times when they're going, geez, I really like doing it the way we used to do it. But the reality is if you don't have a leader and leadership team that embraces change, you're not going to move forward. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on technology or how good you hire if it's not overarching in the culture. Kathy, from your perspective in marketing, what's the biggest challenge you face today as you get up every morning and go to go to work? <laughs> that's, I guess that's a good question. Don't, don't say Varun. <laughs> yeah, Varun challenges me every day, but in a good way. Um, so really, it's exactly all the things we're talking about. How do we all stay focused and positive on, on change? Because change can be hard, right? People even that want to change 
you fall back on what you know and the way you've done things forever. And we've had those conversations. We've spent some time on creative thinking and how does that work and introducing and ingraining that throughout the company with some of the key employees as part of this change. And so what challenges me is keeping myself and my team and the rest of the organization moving forward and, you know, having those moments where you say, oh, wait a minute, I I can't go back to the way I used to do it because this is a better way to do it or not forgetting how we did it before because you need to keep some of that thinking in how you go forward. So it's, it's a continual process and a continual learning for me and, you know, for all of us here. So just being open to all the change, um, it can be exhausting some days, right? But it's, but in a good way. One thing, Jim, I would add to that is like, you know, so, so Kathy and I talk about this a lot, like as we evolve, how our roles are, are changing and what we need to be fairly focused on. An example would be like, you know, four years ago, Kathy's team and some other folks in the organization might be really kind of focused on the execution side of it, right? So as we get more talent in the organization and it's like, okay, we're taking care of the execution muscle and how the technology all kind of integrates, but the, but the gaps that start to emerge are like, hey, how much are we focused on really the customer experience and, and UI UX and how it integrates the rest of the processes, Right. How do we, when we create a product and deploy it, are we just trying to get the product deployed? Are we thinking about how does it fit in the entire ecosystem and how does it affect the customer? But how does it also influence, how do we influence the rest of the process to your earlier question to make sure the back office is fully integrated? So they're also fully invested in that in that outcome that we're trying to generate, right? Versus just deploying something. So there is a maturity and an evolution that I think, again, back to the earlier point, that we're all kind of working on evolving, the, you know, and it has to be all of us together. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Okay, so I'm going to take with you, Varun, because this is interesting. So we look at the time you've been at Premier. What is the thing that you're most proud of that you've accomplished at Premier or certainly have made great headways at accomplishing? Well, I, I think the first thing, I came from an organization I worked for, for 22 years. My biggest thing was to be able to kind of be part of the organization and not just be you know, I'll call a weapon or like a tool that comes in and does something for them, right? And it's be part of it and drive who we are. And I think the thing I'm most proud of it is that all of the the executive team and then the teams below us across, right? Whether it's Kathy's team or folks in the consumer bank or in the commercial bank or in technology or in operations, they're all rallying towards what we're talking about here. And I don't think we're anywhere, you know, we're not completely done yet, but we're we're a lot better off. And I, I feel really proud of that. Well, it's interesting, because digital transformation and culture is not a project that has an endpoint. It goes on forever. Kathy, from your perspective, you've been with the financial institution for longer. What are you most proud of as you look back over the last six years? Oh, so many things. But really, I think it's the cohesiveness that we've built as an executive team, as a company, and to Varun's point. You know, I've been at, mentioned um, other organizations and really I truly believe that what happens throughout the company starts with the executive team and their relationships and how we coach our teams toward working together, being a collaborative team. And we wouldn't be able to make this big leap that we're making on the digital side successfully without that communication and 
collaborative environment that I feel that we have today. Everybody's working toward that same goal. And that that's probably the thing I'm, I'm most proud of because I don't think you can be as successful without that. So what recommendations do you give to any bank or solution provider as they attempt to really change culture to not only embrace change, but in a way having to challenge your mindset? What recommendation do you give, Kathy? I guess that would be really to make sure that you're all on the same page and that you're making sure that employees realize that the change isn't to make their life harder or to leave them out of it, but really let them be part of that change. Let them drive that better customer experience and and making sure they know that's why we're doing it, to give our customers and our employees a better day. How about for you, Varun, as we end up, you know, what what recommendations you give to people in your position as the CIO of the organization to help be ready for the future? I think we've talked about a lot of them. I think that there's lots of aspects of it. I think I think you need you need need a good foundation, like of, of from an operating and a tech perspective. You need a great team to kind of be able to work with and kind of be open to kind of the change and driving the change through the organization while kind of being kind of in sync. And I think the last thing you mentioned earlier and what we've talked about is really kind of looking at partners and partnering at a, at a level to really kind of like, I'll say, you know, I'll punch your weight class because the partners can really help you, whether it's from an operational perspective, whether it's digitization, whether it's any aspect of how we operate. I think there's kind of a little bit of a cultural view that, that I have, and I think we are starting to have at the bank is, you know, things that really make a difference in our customers and employees' lives, we have to own that. But we not doesn't don't necessarily have to do it, right? We have to own it. And I think I think that's kind of the culture that I would suggest that people kind of, you know, kind of instill, especially in smaller and mid-sized banks that because you don't have all the resources that you need to be able to drive and compete in the marketplace today. So partnering is key. Again, building a culture that allows change to happen and brings, as Kathy said, the employees and your kind of core folks at the bank to kind of be part of all of that and, in fact, even drive the change, I think is key. Thank you both for being on the podcast today. It's very clear that at Premier Bank and at any funding institution, transformation actually begins and ends with culture change, especially at the mid-sized organization that has done things well over the past, but needs to move forward. They got to get that more than just a dip in the toe in the water of change, but really transforming themselves that way. And it, and it begins and ends with culture and is supported by hiring, technology investments, the vision of what needs to be done, and obviously with top management. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for listening to Visionaries Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to elevate your digital game. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post it around social media, or leave a thumbs up or comment. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our senior producer, Leah Hasledge, and our audio engineer and video producer, Chris Fafalios. Thanks again, and we hope you can join us the next time on the Visionaries Podcast. Mm-hmm.